0: Getting
1: you ready for the day in sports betting. This is Point Spread Sunday on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. It's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside the VSN studios here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. It is Point Spread Sunday. Week 15 edition. Fantastic show. Over the next two hours, fey Mike Pritchard. Make sure to tweet at the show, at VSEN Live, at Femiabebafe, and, and at MI Pritchard. We have 10 games on the slate today in week 15, six in the early window. Three in the late window and one, of course, on Sunday Night Football between the New Orleans Saints and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Coming up, Eric Edholm of Yahoo Sports joining us at 6.30. He'll be on the Green Zone later today from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. watching Packers-Ravens. So we'll discuss that game later on this afternoon. Our pick segment at 6.15. We're eating light this week with all the COVID cases. We'll discuss that at 6.15, like I mentioned. What's trending at the top of the second hour? Key interesting trends that has to do with today's games. And, of course, market check MVP edition at 5.45. Could a certain running back enter the conversation after last night's performance? We'll discuss, of course, stop, drop, shut them down, open up props at 5.30. Then fresh fades in 15 minutes as three more teams are in need of a high and tight and they sit down into the barber chair. But first, Pritch, good Sunday morning. How are we feeling week 15? in the national football
0: league. I'm feeling okay uh, the, the week was a little turbulent uh, like you mentioned with <laughs> yes. COVID and uh, I, you know the league had to do what they had to do in terms of getting these games rescheduled and moving them to some dates uh, a lot of controversy with that but uh, we'll get those games played for sure but no I'm looking forward to another week uh, in the National Football League
1: yeah it's starting to feel like last year when we're sprinkling games all throughout the week here now mm-hmm. we have a doubleheader Monday Night Football right. we have a Tuesday doubleheader. we'll get to those games if we have time of course before we spin it forward to today's action last night we saw the Indianapolis Colts defeat oh. the New England Patriots twenty seven <laughs> to seventeen. The Colts were one point favorites. They closed as one point favorites. They obviously mm-hmm. to cover that game. Game goes under the total forty four points or a combined score under the total of forty six and a half. I believe it was forty five and a half in some places at close here. Pritch, we both had New England teasers, right? Which It was not a good night for us, Pritch. Well, it was a (laughs) roller coaster night. I mean,
0: it was. It didn't start off well, but then it got right. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Yeah. Uh, And then, you know, this is betting, though, right? Uh, The last run by Jonathan Taylor, you're yelling at the TV, get down, get down, get down. We we needed Mick Chubb to enter
1: into Jonathan Taylor's mind and just
0: slide and just, all right, get out of bounds, game over, take a knee or whatever. Nope, that wasn't going to happen. And so then, okay, there's plenty of time for for Mac Jones to get a field goal. I mean, they need two scores, right? So... Um, that's that's the world of betting, though. That's why I love it—the uh, the roller coaster nature of it—and you have got to be responsible with it too. So, mm-hmm. um, but you no, know, you, you look at the game and so much controversy. Whether it's Harbaugh, whether it's Staley, uh, Bill Belichick—should you kick a field goal? Should you go for it, that kind of thing? But we forget about as betters that there's three phases to a football game. You know, there's offense, defense and special teams. And so if you get a block punt for a touchdown, uh, it doesn't really matter where you are on the play a lot of times because that certainly can change an outcome of a game.
1: Yeah, no, and that's the difference between teaser legs getting home mm-hmm. and teaser legs not getting home here yeah. for, the, for the Patriots. You could have got them to seven and a half. I mean, I had eight and a half going into that game because there were two and a half point dogs at one point during the week here. But it's just interesting to see the reaction. Like you mentioned, the fourth down decisions. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Frank Reich being praised because those decisions for the Indianapolis Colts were the correct ones. Right. They were able to get the first down. I still think Brandon Staley made the correct decisions. I don't want to have to relitigate all that stuff again, but they just didn't execute for the Chargers. Now, for this Colts team, we were discussing it before the show even started here. A lot of people like this team as a potential Super Bowl caliber team. What do you think here, Colts, prior to last night's game, about 30-1 to 1 across the board in
0: most, most They places. are built perfectly for a Super Bowl. Uh, I'm talking about from the trenches on out. Uh, the receivers, they do a great job of blocking. Uh, Pittman has stepped up. Even though he got kicked out the game, he stepped up to be a playmaker. <laughs> Uh, and, and they have a complement of players on the perimeter as well as just a special special situation with their running back. And, and then defensively, they get after the quarterback. They got a lot of speed, a lot of team speed on that defense mm-hmm. uh, where they can hold up against a, a, you know, a stout passing game or, or a pretty prolific passing game. The only caveat I have is the quarterback. Um, I know people say that Carson Wentz is having a great year. Um, you look at his stats, they're okay. Mm-hmm. I think he's above. Maybe, maybe above 3,000 yards, depending on what happened last night, certainly with his yards and his total uh, passing yards, what's happening. But he does not play well in crucial moments. And for me, that's vital for any quarterback. I don't care if you throw for 300 yards a game or 57 yards a game, like Carson Wentz did. But if you're going to turn the ball over and panic and not be able to play at your best level or be at your best when it matters the most, I don't know how you're going to win a championship that way. So he has a lot of help. He does. Jonathan Taylor is a generational type of player. Mm-hmm. That guy, the vision on him is incredible. Yeah. I have not seen that in quite a while in the National Football League, as well as balance, as well as his talent. But Carson Wentz, he has to put on the big boy pants and, 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 and grow up a little bit uh, and, and understand that his team at some point is going to need him and he cannot melt in critical moments. Yeah, that went
1: 5 of 12 last night, 57 yards, one touchdown, one interception. But it almost felt like he was itching to throw an interception last night. At certain points there, there was times he put the ball in danger. Then it finally got intercepted, let the Patriots get back into the football game. But, of course, they rode Jonathan Taylor late as he ran for 170 yards and a touchdown. Everyone all week long was saying Belichick's going to try to take away Jonathan Taylor. And he didn't take him away. 170 on the ground as Taylor... Maybe making a case for MVP. Like I mentioned, we'll discuss that coming up at 545. But let's give a look at some of the games today here, Pritch. Later on this afternoon, kicking off at 425 Eastern, 125 Pacific time. Green Bay Packers are six and a half point favorites on the consensus line with a total of 43 and a half. In Baltimore taking on the Ravens now the discussion around this game of course is the health of Lamar Jackson he left last week's loss against the Cleveland Browns early in the game with an ankle injury now reports are saying that it's a bone bruise he didn't mm-hmm. practice at all this week but what's your read on this game with the Packers laying near a touchdown on the road in Baltimore a Ravens team that's in desperate need of a win
0: sure sure I mean that, that's a, a significant injury right there I mean that's a, that's a painful entry uh, for sure having a bone bruise in that ankle and uh, we think about Lamar Jackson so Baltimore and the Ravens they've tried to to evolve his game, meaning they want him to be more of a pocket passer, and you know at times it looks the part. He does look the part. Other times he doesn't. Now he's hobbled, uh, and, and the best feature of his game for Lamar Jackson is his playmaking ability. And so, uh, if you're Green Bay Packers and you don't have to worry about that as much, now you can focus on everything else that the Baltimore Ravens represents offensively. Can they run the football? Yeah, they can. They're physical, yes. Okay, we can match that. Um, but in terms of, you know, key players making a difference, you know, I, I don't know if Lamar Jackson's going to be able to involve uh, Andrews and other key players the way that he wants to, uh, like he has in the past. They, they start off so slow as an offense. There's game planning to me uh, as you're trying to evolve a quarterback as well. But, uh, you know, a little look at Aaron Rodgers. Uh, He'll play. He didn't have training camp. He's okay. Uh, And the Green Bay Packers will be okay. They're just too good, too talented uh, on the perimeter and in the backfield. To me, it's about the offensive line situation Mm because Turner uh, up there with the Green Bay Packers, his situation. uh, And then against Calais Campbell, too, a guy who has been a force in the league and in other guys uh, on that defensive front for Baltimore. They've been warriors, but they've. Hobble down the stretch here. They're banged up big time on on that side of the ball. We'll see uh, if Green Bay can bring a a decent effort uh, and take care of business against the Ravens.
1: Yeah, I saw this tweet earlier this morning from Adam Schefter. He tweeted out saying earlier in the week, the Ravens did not expect Lamar Jackson to be able to play Sunday and he still might have a tough time doing it per sources. Mm -hmm. But Jackson was moving around better in practice this weekend, raising some hopes, however unlikely he could make it back. So it's kind of hedging his bet there with what he's saying there. but it sounds like Lamar, if
0: he's able to play today, is clearly going to be compromised. Game time decision, right? That's That really just defines game time yep. decision. If you look it up for game time decision, that's, that's it. That's it right there. <laughs> but you're right. Uh, he's not going to be Lamar Jackson. Uh, and then so if you're unfamiliar with that, if you're Green Bay, uh, one of the problems with teams that are unfamiliar with Lamar Jackson is that how do you prepare for him? Mm-hmm. You know, do you have anybody on your roster that can do what he can do in practice to help your defenders kind of get get an eye on that? So the the Packers are not going to have to worry about 100% Lamar Jackson. And and I think that's going to help them out today.
1: Yeah, Tyler Huntley will be the quarterback for the Ravens if Lamar Jackson cannot play in today's games. You mentioned the Green Bay Packers' offensive line issues. Billy Turner, Mm -hmm. he's been ruled out the right tackle for them. David Bakhtiari already out uh, their left tackle. Kenny Clark is on the reserve COVID list for the Green Bay Packers so no Kenny Clark for Green Bay as well but the Ravens, it's a litany of injuries as it's been even before the season got Mm -hmm. underway here. This team, they feel like they're cursed to be quite (laughs) honest. It just feels like 2021 is not the Baltimore Ravens year, but we'll see. They tend to play better when we think that they're going to play worse. And uh, that's kind of been the MO under John Harbaugh. Uh, Another game in the AFC North here. we got a couple minutes left here in this segment Mm -hmm. that I wanted to touch on. The Tennessee Titans visiting the Pittsburgh Steelers. Right now the Steelers one-point favorites, total 42-and-a-half. In this game, very consequential, especially after last night's results. If Tennessee were to win, they would be the current number one seed since they have the tiebreaker over Kansas City. But how do you feel about them going into Pittsburgh now against a Steelers team that's just trying to stay in this AFC Wild Card?
0: Yeah, they are with Big Ben uh, about to retire too at the end of this year. Everybody says that he's, gonna he's going to retire. Last hurrah, shut it down. Last hurrah at home in this type of game for Big Ben too, who's never had a losing season, Femi. Uh, And I think that's significant when you're talking about a guy who knows he's in a Hall of Fame. How do you want to go out? You know, do you want to give it your best effort in terms of trying to make that push for the playoffs? Can you galvanize? Can you get this young group of players, the Claypools and all those guys, to believe in you as a Hall of Fame quarterback? And and I think Big Ben's going to put that on his shoulders today.
1: Yeah, it's one of these games that we saw the Steelers open up as an underdog. The market has respected them now because Steelers were two-and-a-half-point dogs at mm-hmm. open. Now they're one-and-a-half-point favorites, two-point favorites even in some places like at DraftKings. So the betting market likes Pittsburgh in this spot. We know that they tend to play well as home underdogs. Now they flip to home favorites. So we'll see how they handle that going against a Titans team that is getting healthier and healthier as we approach the stretch run in the National Football League. All right, on the other side, we're selling high in tight, baby. Fresh fades. We discussed three teams who will sit down in the chairs that you might want to fade today in the National Football League. It is Point Spread Sunday rolling along
0: on VCN, the Sports Betting Network. This is Point Spread Sunday on VCN, the Sports Betting
1: Network. First bet wants to get you in on all the horse racing action. Sign up today with promo code VEGAS1000 and receive $10 instantly and up to a $1,000 bonus. Visit VEASAN.com slash horses for details. Use the bonus code VEGAS1000. Point spread Sunday rolling along here from the VEASAN studios at the South Point Hotel and Casino. Febby Abebefe, Mike Pritchard. Week 15 in the National Football League in about 15 minutes. Stop, drop, open up, shop. Open up props, I should say, <laughs> as we discuss <laughs> all things NFL props in 15 minutes. But right now, we mentioned it prior to going to break. Here, we have three more teams entering into the barber chair, needing that high and tight. Three more teams who need fresh fades. Does that sound fresh. That sound. No, I came high and tight today, Prince. You're ready. I made sure I was ready for this segment because last week the teams featured. If you faded them, you went 0 2 ATS. So we had to make sure Mm -hmm. that we were ready to go for this week's edition of Fresh Fades. Like we always mentioned, as betters, we want to sell high on teams. You want to buy low on the opposition. So three teams, Prince, starting off with the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins this week hosting the New York Jets, and the Dolphins nine-and-a-half-point favorites at home with a total of 41. Now, Pritch, they're coming out of the bye. They've won and covered five straight games. Now they're more than a TD favorite in a division game. Say what you will about the New York Jets. They're horrible, but usually – More than a touchdown favorite in a division game is reserved for the elite team. Mm -hmm. So I ask you, are the Miami Dolphins this week, Pritch,
0: a fresh fade? I believe so. Uh, A lot of reasons for what you just said and what you just mentioned. I mean, it's a divisional game. And, yeah, these teams aren't elite. Uh, And the Dolphins maybe a little too much credit because of the win streak that they've been on. Uh, Now, I I give the Dolphins a lot of credit. I I think Flores has done a great job with that defense. Uh, They got premium players on that side of the ball. Offensively, though, uh, it's been a challenge uh, they've tried to figure it out. They've tinkered, and they they got a formula that's worked. And that formula is getting the ball out of Tua's hands quickly, getting it into the playmakers, let them become running backs on the perimeter. It's the college offense, basically. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's what they've implemented down there in Miami. Now, uh, when you have players like Waddle and, uh, and, and players like that who can make you miss quickly and, and, okay, Tua, they can understand defenses and get the ball out of his hands quickly, it works. But what if Salah and that defense kind of defend that? Uh, mm-hmm. And if you don't have a player, a premium player in offense like Waddle, then what are you going to do? So, uh, I, I think there's going to be a challenge today for Miami and Tua because the, the league understands. Okay, they're they're going to get rid of the football and they're going to throw it quickly as a college offense. We're going to defend that and see if they can adjust to it. Uh, and I don't know if if Miami can adjust to it yet. And with Tua, uh, so therefore, I mean that's that's just a lot of points. And then you know the Jets. Are they going to score a lot of points against this defense, and maybe that's enough for Miami to cover this large spread? I, I, you can say that, but again, it's familiarity, uh, it's the division, uh, and to me, uh, yeah, I would, I would not lay nine and a half and, and look to fade that number for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, this Miami Dolphins team started the year one and seven. Mm. They won Week One against the New England Patriots in Foxborough, lost seven straight. Now they've won five straight, so it's been a, a hot and cold kind of caliber team. You mentioned Jalen Waddle; well, he's been ruled out right on the reserve COVID list, so no Waddle for this. Dolphins team. That's a big deal there because he's kind of their field stretcher with uh, Will Fuller being on IR with the finger injury. Javon Holland, he was activated off the reserve COVID list, but it's questionable to play still just because mm-hmm. he's a rookie, didn't practice at all this week, so we'll see what he's able to do in warm-ups 90 minutes prior to kickoff here, but I think you hit it on the head here. This just... Uh, they're not an offensive juggernaut. So usually when you're laying nine and a half points, especially in a division game, you want to have an offense that you feel comfortable with them. Okay. This team can run away and hide mm-hmm. and go ahead and just blow another team out. Knowing what we know about the jets, they're horrible offensively. They can't block. They, they, they don't do very many things. Well, However, they can still stay close in this game because the Dolphins just don't play that kind of brand of football that allows them to just kind of have those explosive performances. So definitely, I don't know if I'm going to bet the Jets. I'm I'm close to doing it. Uh, If you can give me a 10, I would love to bet the Jets. But right now at 9.5, I'm still a little just, I don't know, but I would never bet the Dolphins, though, in this spot is the key
0: thing to take away from this segment? Yeah, not laying that many points. And now, so from, from a cap standpoint, for me anyway, looking at it, are there other ways that Miami can cover this number? Like meaning the Jets being the Jets because they're on my do not play list. That's why I'm not betting them. <laughs> like can, I forgot about that. The, the, the DNP, right? So for a better, you know, can the Jets mess it up offensively enough to where defensively Miami can put points in the scoreboard and then special teams? Remember all three phases. So yeah, that, that's uh, a good point. From yeah. a from a phase standpoint, though, laying it just based on the offense, nine and a half seems too much for me, but uh, a complete roster and overall uh, situation for Miami, uh, it could be compelling for betters out there to take a look at that, but I I am not Gonna fade the Dolphins by betting the Jets. So even if they get to ten, I'm yeah. just not. They're just on my do not playlist.
1: Hey, man, maybe maybe play the under. Maybe that's you, a sure sure
0: in this game. But it's such a low
1: total there with 41 mm-hmm. being the under. All right, let's go over to the afternoon slate of games. The San Francisco 49ers, preach. They're hosting the Atlanta Falcons as nine point favorites. Total of 46 and a half. Now the Niners. They won a coin toss game a week ago against the Cincinnati Bengals in overtime. Game could have gone either way. They return home more than a touchdown favorite against a team that's close to five hundred. Atlanta, I don't want to say is good, but no, they've they're six and seven. Mm-hmm. They're competitive. And now the Niners are nine point favorites against them. Shanahan. At home as a favorite, six fifteen and one against the spread, third worst in the league. So I ask you, are the Niners
0: as nine-point favorites against the Atlanta Falcons fresh fade? Oh, man. We got another Pop Warner football game, though, Pimmy. <laughs> because we got Devo Samuel, that who's a, run, a receiver playing running back, and we got mm-hmm. Cordell Patterson, who's a receiver playing running back. So That's going to be so fun just to watch <laughs> right? those two guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. But um, it's Pop Warner football. I mean, anything and everything can happen. Uh, but 47. Look at the total. 47 in this game too. So I I, I want to say that that's a, a too many number, too many points right there for 49ers and, and to lay nine and a half against Atlanta. But then Debo, it, it, he's just spectacular though. He is one of those type of players that is explosive and you combine that with Kittle uh, and you think Atlanta can find ways to get that way as well with Patterson and, and Pitts and people like that. But Arthur Smith is in a different situation as a first-time head coach there, and Holland plays head coach, and uh, Kyle has been there a little bit longer, and he knows his players better. Uh, than than Arthur Smith at this point. So offensive line, too, I think is underrated out there in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. I would say if if you can find a teaser situation from a fade standpoint that way. Um, But, yeah, I mean, San Francisco in this Mm -hmm. game uh, looks to be the superior football team for sure.
1: Yeah, if you can get the Niners down from eight and a half to two and a half, I think that's how you play it if you Mm want to play San Francisco. Because all indications are they should win this game. And you figure they'd win it by a field goal at least here. But laying that many points I I just can't get to that number of nine and a half or nine points or whatever have you will in this game. I think it should be probably seven and a half or so. The look headline was seven. So Mm -hmm. clearly, after what we saw from this Niners team, the emotional victory in Cincinnati. It's a kind of a letdown spot playing an Atlanta team that doesn't really drum up too much emotion from the team. Maybe now, maybe for Kyle Shanahan, maybe going up against the team he used to be the offensive coordinator for, maybe that drums up some emotion. But I don't really f- see this Niners team having the most focused effort later on this afternoon. The final team I want to ask you about is the Denver Broncos here, Pritch. The Denver Broncos hosting the Cincinnati Bengals. Denver right now three point favorites with a total of forty-four. We saw last week Denver up a Detroit Lions team that was ravaged with illnesses, questionable COVID. Uh and then we saw obviously the Cincinnati Bengals lose mm-hmm. the game to the forty nine. ers So I ask you, are the Broncos laying a field goal at home
0: against a good Bengals team right. a fresh fate? Um I so I'm I'm iffy about this one too because I'm thinking of fifty two eighty, uh a mile high. Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking of altitude field goal kickers and 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 that nature of this football game, Femi. Uh, I know the Broncos very, very good uh, defensively, uh, in particular in the red zone. Uh, and then you got the Bengals with a situation, if they don't get mixed and going, where are they going to turn to in terms of drop back situation with Burrow and these receivers? That's been a challenge at times. But, you know, the Bengals, they're embracing being on the road. They're embracing this situation, which they had the ideal situation at home, three games in a row at home. And they, they lost two of them and only won one game at home that way. So, I, I – I can get aboard on fading the Broncos against somebody else. But in this instance, the Broncos and Fangio, that defense, I'm telling you. It's humming. It, it, it really is. And Bridgewater is not a mistake-prone type of quarterback. Uh, he's good, going to do just enough to help you out. But the, the bread and butter is running the football, Williams and Gordon, and they look to be healthy as well as that offensive line as well.
1: Yeah, Williamson Gordon expected to play in this game. Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport, those guys tweeted that out earlier this morning or late last night whenever you were on social media. The reason why I asked this about this Broncos team is just because the look-ahead line in this
0: game was Bengals minus three. Mm -hmm. Now it's flipped completely the other way. Was that when the Bengals were putting up 40 points on people and playing differently, right?
1: The the Bengals were playing a little bit differently, and and I figured that – Heading into this week, I was prepared to bet Broncos plus three. Mm -hmm. But now that it's flipped all the way to Broncos now being favored by three, we always say we want to buy low, sell high. It feels like the Broncos are getting a little too much credit for being a Detroit team that was just in a rough spot last week.
0: I can see that. I can see that. But you know, you look at the game uh, with, with field goals. McManus on one side. I mean, that guy's good from sixty. Yeah, he's uh, got a and that, right. And the kicker on the, the Bengals, that situation is a little dicey, though. But it could be a fade. It could be a fresh fade here. So those are maybe the, the fresh... third, fifth chair down there. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll get
1: him a new barber. maybe. Sure. Dolphins, Niners, Broncos are the fresh fades this week. On the other side, stop, drop, shut them down, open. Up props here on Point Spread Sunday. You're watching VCN, the Sports Betting Network. This is Point Spread Sunday on VCN, the Sports Betting Network. Save 50% off of v all-access subscription for the rest of the football season with our big game special. Get access to our in-depth matchup analysis, trends, and picks for every game and sport on the schedule, including our exclusive betting split showing you where the money is going on every game. Sign up today, and you'll also get our daily best bet emails, weekly betting guides, 24-7 video, plus our all-new college bowl betting guide covering every bowl game for only $39 at v slash subscribe. It is Point Spread Sunday coming to you from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point Hotel and Casino Family. i Mike Pritchard, week 15 in the NFL in about 15 minutes. A little market check MVP edition. We talked about it at the top of the show. Mm May a running back join the conversation for MVP. We'll discuss that, like I said, in 15 minutes. But first, right now, Pritch, it's time to stop, drop, shut them down, open up props baby let's talk a little bit about some props starting with most passing yards the favorite to lead the league in passing yards today is tom brady at four to one as they go up against the new orleans saints on sunday night football dak prescott is seven to one aaron Rodgers 850 then you have big ben roethlisberger and joe burrow at 10 to one mitch trubisky the Bears or the Bills backup quarterback is at twelve to one, along with Kyler Murray. Then you have Tua Tungavailoa and Josh Allen at thirteen to one, and Jimmy Garoppolo at fourteen to one. Pritch, Mitch Trubisky, huh?
0: Yes. How about that? <laughs> um, I know in front of Josh Allen, um, you know Big Ben, Josh Allen with the the boot and all that situation. You never know. But okay, you got Ben Roethlisberger on this list, and how many times has he been on this list? <laughs> Seriously, once, yeah, not uh, many, especially on the left side of this list too. <laughs> <laughs> right, where all the favorites are, and so that's an indicator to me. That kind of stands out to me. Like, why is he on this list? And, yeah. and then uh, we were talking about the Steelers and this matchup, and uh, Landry's kind of hobbled now. Bud Dupree, that situation kind of surprised me towards the end of the week. How um, you got the Titans activating him. Uh, and so you got that. But and then the offensive line for Steelers. I, Big Ben on this one, 10 to 1, intrigues me. So does Joe Burrow. Uh, it does intrigue me, even though he's going up against a pretty potent um, Denver Broncos defense. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers can't go wrong at plus 850 either, though. Uh, Tom Brady, always a favorite, though, because he <laughs> leaves the league in passing attempts. Yeah, five hundred and fifty-four passing attempts already.
1: I mean, he's going to throw for what fifty-eight hundred yards passing or something like sure. that. It's, it's, sure, sure. The stats once we end this season are going to be absolutely ridiculous, barring, of course, if Week eighteen is meaningful for them. But based on the schedule, there's a good chance it might be mm-hmm. to where they're trying to fight for home field advantage. There, Brady four to one is interesting because their offenses tend they tend to struggle. Against this New Orleans Saints team, obviously New Orleans beat them earlier this season in the Superdome. So it's interesting to see Brady to one, or Brady at four to one right now, favorite. You mentioned the name that I circled was immediately Aaron Rodgers at Mm. plus eight fifty. The Ravens defense is absolutely decimated. I think Rodgers is going to have his way with his Baltimore defense. I mean, Chuck Clark was put on the reserve COVID list. They're already without Marlon Humphrey. Marcus Peters hasn't played all season. So like you're a secondary that is banged up playing. Three out of the four spots are going to be backup guys to begin with. And right. now you have this high-powered Green Bay offensive attack. We know what they can do in the passing game. Aaron Rodgers, plus 850, uh, stood out to me. Also,
0: Kyler Murray at 12-1. I was going to ask you about that because no yeah. DeAndre Hopkins, I get that. But A.J. Green's kind of stepped up. Detroit and, can't cover. And they can't <laughs> cover. And, you know, Connor, we see how effective he is out of the backfield. They have other ways of, with the air raid offensive, involving people. Zach Ertz and uh, so Kyler Murray could have a big day, uh, 12-1 to two. Uh, Tua is interesting. Thirteen. We just talked about how I think he's ranked 31st in the league in terms of intended air yards per attempt and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Uh, metrics, <laughs> right? <laughs> but um, Brady, to your point, Brady trouble against the Saints. Uh, 17 touchdowns and 10 interceptions in 8 games against the Saints in his career. Well, those are not Brady numbers. They're not. Right. They're not. I mean, he struggles with Dennis Allen for some reason and what he does uh, with that defense. Now, they're going to be at home and the weather favors Brady too, but mm-hmm. I mean, 564 passing attempts already, uh, 554 passing attempts already uh, this season, completing 68% of his passes as well. Yeah, I
1: think with these passing props and even sometimes the receiving props, the smart thing to do might be to take whoever's going up against the Detroit Lions. (laughs) Okay, sure. (laughs) Just because their defense is so bad. Mm -hmm. So if I had to play it, I would... Play Rodgers plus 850 because I like the matchup this afternoon and also sprinkle a little bit on Kyler Murray 12 to 1 for the passing yards. Most rushing yards, the favorite this week, Pritch, this might surprise you. Mm-hmm. The rushing yards favorite is Jaguars running back James Robinson plus 550. Then you have Jeff Wilson Jr., Joe Mixon, and Najee Harris at 10 to 1. Ezekiel Elliott, James Connor at 12 to 1. Leonard Fournette. 14 to one. Alvin Kamara, Deontay Foreman, and Chuba Hubbard mm-hmm. at 16 to one. Pritch, so where are you going with this rushing yards board?
0: Yeah, you got Najee Harris on this board again uh, from the Steelers, and and that that's the game that's just highlighted to me big time today. For some reason, um, uh, you know, watching Jonathan Taylor in that offensive line with the Colts, people in Belichick, they knew they were going to run the football. Can't do anything about it. It yeah. takes talent to have grown men move other grown men, 300-pounders, against their will. Uh, And so what situations can you identify on this board? I mean, is Jacksonville that great of a running team? Uh, I mean, I I know Robinson's an player. Their favorite today. (laughs) And and the opponent, right? You factor in the opponent, too. And, and okay, the Texans are probably going to lay down. Fired Urban Meyer bump. Maybe that factors into there. Yeah, a little bit more (laughs) intensity. But then how good are you, though? I mean, when you watch the Colts block in that running game last night, I mean, they got after you. Yeah, repeatedly. Uh, and, and that sometimes just takes your will. And, and then the vision, the balance, the strength and, and the speed and everything else that Taylor represents. That was on display. Now, if you look at this board, what teams can do that or mimic that? You know, you got Jeff Olson because San Francisco and that offensive line. Mm-hmm. Pretty creative with what they do up there. James Conner, I, I think. The Cardinals have a sneaky good rushing attack when Kyler Murray's on the field and they they have to get back that that back involved in their offense because Kyler he's susceptible to those critical mistakes too as a young player Uh, and so you wonder if Kingsbury's thinking that way Zeke Elliott he's not that player anymore Pollard probably is Zeke's hurt and he's hurt (laughs) yeah and and then you got Fournette who's kind of emerged Um, so there's This is an intriguing board to me. I, I'm not just going to automatically pick Robinson, although they could get the bump. Uh, Mixon's up against it with that Denver Broncos defense, like I mentioned. Connor stands out a little bit. Mixon, uh, I mean, Najee Harris uh, stands out a little bit to me as well.
1: I, I think Mixon was the guy that stood out to me just because I think that Denver is a little susceptible to the run game. I know mm-hmm. they've had injuries at linebacker all yep. throughout the season here, and their pass defense is usually what's the calling card. Mm-hmm. You know, Pat Sertan, the second, he looks amazing as a rookie cornerback. they Justin Simmons, obviously one of the best safeties in the league. So their secondary is really what kind of leads them on defense. But on the ground game, they don't stop the run as well as you might think. So I think Joe Mixon at ten to one, knowing what Cincinnati is able to do in the run game here. Now Riley Reef being hurt on the offensive right. line, that concerns me a little bit. But I thought maybe taking a shot at Mixon at ten to one or but Connor, I think, at twelve to one too. He's expected mm-hmm. to play in today's game. That's another good look there with the Cardinals once again just fading the Detroit Lions. <laughs> another <laughs> angle. Not expecting not, not expecting much from their defense here. But James Robinson plus 550. I get it to some extent, but uh, let's show me something first, Jacksonville. Sure, sure. Show me something first. Uh, the receiving yards, the favorite, surprise, surprise, is Devonte Adams at plus six hundred. These odds, of course, courtesy of DraftKings. Deontay Johnson eleven to one. Then you have Chris Godwin at twelve to one. Ceedee Lamb and Stephon Diggs fourteen to one. Brandon Cooks, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Devonte Parker, all at sixteen to one. And then D.J. Moore, who is expected to play against the Buffalo Bills, he's at eighteen to one. So. You're the receiving expert yeah. here. Pritch, uh
0: where are you going with the money? Well, Emmanuel Sanders is he's he's out, right? Yep, Fort Sanders Buffalo. he's
1: doubtful at he's least do- but is expected to be ruled out I believe.
0: Yeah, and so on the other side, okay, Stefan Diggs and and that matchup uh you know, for him uh, he's going to be targeted he has to be. I mean, they're a one-dimensional offense, throwing the football. He's going to be targeted. They're going to move him around the formation too. So, 14-0-1 for Stephon Diggs, who's going to be the featured guy uh, as opposed as opposed to uh, um, Buffalo trying to distribute the football. You know, they'll yeah. try to do that certainly with the Knox and, and other players. But uh, Stephon Diggs is going to have heavy targets, I believe. Uh, Chris Godwin, uh, Tom Brady in the middle of the field. That's the problem against the Saints too, right? I like Stephon Diggs on this list. Um, you know, you think about the drop back situation, too, that uh, the Bengals could be in. You got two Bengals on this board uh, and Chase and Higgins, the long shots right there. I'm not going deeper than that because Parker and DJ Moore are not going to do that. Um, Devontae Adams certainly is solid play, though. But I know I, I take a look at Stephon Diggs on this board, 14 to 1.
1: Yeah, Stephon Diggs. That was my look last week. It mm-hmm. kind of burned me a little bit there. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did a good job against him. I think, believe he only ended up with uh, 80-something yards receiving. Hunter Renfro, I believe, was the leader last year. Uh, last last week, week, I should say. Mm-hmm. They should get his name on here. Uh, third in Renfro for the Las Vegas Raiders. But for me, De- Devontae Adams was the guy that stood okay. out here. Yeah. I'm going at the top of the board, 6-1. to one. Not a whole lot of value, but going up against that Ravens secondary. Let me read you the names of the cornerbacks. Anthony Averett, Tavon Young, and Jimmy Smith will be the guys who are trying yeah. to cover Devontae. Devontae. Devontae Adams. I like that matchup for Devontae Adams a lot. You mentioned Chuck Clark already on the reserve COVID list, and it's not going to be good.
0: Another Steeler on this list, too. (laughs) I'm telling you.
1: (laughs) Something something about that Steelers-Titans game. Maybe the over is the play Is that the play? With Roethlisberger and those guys coming up. Who knows? I think it's going to be a hard-fought game. We'll see what happens in that game with many, many AFC implications attached to it. On the other side, market check, MVP discussion here. Point Spread Sunday rolling along on VCD Sports Betting Network. This is Point Spread Sunday on VCEN, the sports betting network. The college bowl season has kicked off, and VCEN has got you covered with our all new bowl betting guide. Get matchup analysis on every bowl game, including insights, trends, data, and predictions to help. You make your best bets. Whether you're betting on every game or just want to find a few key high-value props, the VEASAN College Bowl Betting Guide can help give you an edge. Get your digital copy today for only $19.99 at VEASAN.com slash bowlguide. Point Spread Sunday rolling along from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point Hotel and Casino Femi and Bebefe, Mike Pritchard, Week 15, NFL, 10 games on today's slate. We have six in the early window three in the late window, and then, of course, one on Sunday Night Football between the New Orleans Saints and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And that gets us to preach as we round out our number one a little market check MVP odds edition, Pritch. So obviously the MVP award right now, it feels like a two-man race. and We have our graphic up to compare the two candidates right now in this MVP race. Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Right now, Brady is the favorite at DraftKings. Minus 175. You have Aaron Rodgers at plus 500. And you look at their numbers right there. Brady has the counting stats advantage, except for, of course, at interceptions. He has 10 of them. Rodgers only has four, but at QB are Brady 67.8, Rogers at 65. It clearly feels like it's Tom Brady's award, but do you think Aaron Rodgers can do enough in the last four games of the season to maybe make this a little more interesting come award season?
0: Um, I, I you know, I, I'm not sure because there's obviously the stats. Discrepancy right there. I mean, look at it uh, on the board. If you're trying to compare that, there's no comparison. Uh, Tom Brady leads, and then he also leads with a narrative. Is Tom Brady, uh, he's 45 years old, he's juking linebackers, and he's ultra competitive. I not believe that. He leads the <laughs> league. I know he leaves the league, and. Um, passing attempts. We just went over that two yards. I mean, he's everything to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's a walking culture, right? Yeah. <laughs> same kind of thing for Aaron Rodgers, but yet his impact and then the whole COVID the PR hit that he took. Um, it feels like he's trying to win that back because of, okay, my toe and uh, I'm going to play through it. If they get the number one c too, if it looks likely of that, I mean, it's still Tom Brady. Uh, so I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be up against Tom Brady in that discussion all year long uh, and his stats don't measure up right now uh, so can he catch him sure he can catch him I mean uh, you got the Saints for Tom Brady coming up and the Saints have given him problems and then you got Aaron Rodgers in a depleted uh, secondary or defense for the Ravens so I mean from a stat standpoint sure he can he can surge here uh, but I, I don't know from a narrative standpoint if you're comparing quarterbacks it looks like and it feels like Tom Brady uh, is winning the narrative uh, uh, side of things when it comes to MVP.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because right now I would say that Brady has a clear lead. But even if it were to come down to like, all right, this is neck and neck. Mm-hmm. The narrative point that you brought up, I think, is what's going to tip the scale in Brady's favor. Right. Just because he has the 45-year-old or whatever, all the stuff that people want to say. And he's just, I, I would say, more well-liked mm-hmm. amongst the writers and amongst the football community in general. But another thing to point out here with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, because later on today, they're hosting the New Orleans Saints on Sunday Night Football, 11.5-point favorites. You look at the schedule next week, the look-ahead lines, the Bucs are at the carolina panthers they're 11 point favorites okay brady has these games to where he can now stack up more and more stats here games that they're expected to win while green bay obviously they're, they're expected to win quite a bit of games They're touchdown favorites today they're touchdown favorites next week against the cleveland browns mm-hmm. but brady is the one i think that they're playing lesser opponents he's on prime time all these sort of things it's He has the opportunity, I guess I'm saying, to add even more to what is already a ridiculous amount of numbers, just only, I mean, what are we, uh, 13 games into the season Mm -hmm. or so? Like, he has stats
0: that are guys would kill for that for a full game season. Oh, absolutely, and and he's 45 years old on top of that, and and it doesn't seem like he's declining at all. And then, okay, uh, Aaron Rodgers, we saw them with Jordan Love, and Aaron Rodgers means so much. Okay, we haven't seen – Tampa Bay without Tom Brady. But are you going to suggest that whoever the backup quarterback is is going to do what Tom Brady's doing? Who's the backup quarterback in Tampa, by the way? Blaine Gabbert? Well, right. He's Jordan Love, right? (laughs) I mean, it would be the same uh, uh, discussion right there. And so... Uh, The narrative to me just heavily favorites uh, Tom Brady. If you're talking about those two players in particular uh, for MVP. Yeah, I'm glad we actually discussed this because
1: I made a bet on Brady earlier this week. Uh, I had a couple long shot bets from prior to the season, but I wanted to time out this market of, okay, when is the week that I feel comfortable taking somebody in this market? Mm -hmm. Now, it's not the best bang for your buck. I bet him over at circa at plus 120. Okay. It was one of the last places that still had Brady at plus money to win MVP because minus 150 seems to be the consensus number right now now minus 175 over at DraftKings. But I just feel that Tom Brady has so many things pointing in his direction mm-hmm. and just the story of this team. He's the reigning Super Bowl champion. It feels like this is the last hurrah for him as an MVP kind of a guy. So I believe the writers are gonna vote for him and give him the award just because it caps off what has been an obviously an outstanding career to say the least, for one Tom Brady. So those are the two guys in this perceived two man race. But I wanted to ask you, Pritch, can somebody else join this race? Obviously Thursday night, mm-hmm. we saw Patrick Mahomes put on right. a spectacular performance against the LA Chargers of the Chiefs right now, the current number one seed in the AFC if certain things break their way later on today particularly with that Titans and Steelers game but also Jonathan Taylor Pritch Mm -hmm. Jonathan Taylor right now at DraftKings and at BetMGM is 20 to 1 to be named MVP now we saw the performance last night 170 yards and a touchdown clinching that victory over the New England Patriots do you think a running back can get into this conversation Pritch?
0: I think so um Yes, (laughs) you know, Jonathan Taylor, he's he's just a different type of player. Um, You know, it's hard to describe when when running backs can dominate a football game in today's NFL, because today's NFL is about spacing it's about throwing football. It's about the vertical passing game. And certainly the rules kind of dictate that and indicate that. But when you have an offensive line like the Colts have and you have a runner like this tell me how he's not going to be so important to the Colts and their destiny at the end of the season. I mean, he's got 1,500 yards already. He's averaging over five yards to carry. Uh, I think he's got 10 games in a row. Uh, he's almost for a, touch, for, a touchdown. Oh, for the touchdown, he's, he's in elite company in terms of the history of the game. So the narrative is building right now for Jonathan Taylor and that narrative is going to get louder and louder as we go on in the season and with this schedule with with the Colts so at 20 to 1 i, I mean that that's a, that's a nice situation right there for a narrative that's only going to grow like we know what the narrative is with Tom Brady already for awards mm. and, and for media, for people, whoever is going to vote on these awards. And, and when you get a narrative started and then it gets louder and louder and louder, all of a sudden, here you go. There's the momentum that you need for a bet like this. So uh, I, I think the momentum is in, in – and it's already started uh, for Taylor. Uh, and I think it maintains because the Colts, they need that guy to be spectacular for that offense.
1: I mean, I'm just looking at the Colts schedule and looking at some of Jonathan Taylor's splits, and these numbers are just absurd. I mean, he went for a buck 72 against the Jets on Thursday Night Football. Then he went for a buck 85 against the Bills in Buffalo. Goes for a buck 43 prior to the bye week at Houston. Then 170 last night on national tv next week he's playing on christmas day mm-hmm. we you know a lot of people are going to be watching as the they audience. take on the arizona cardinals another nationally televised game here now they only have three games left and right now he's ran for 100 1518 yards so i don't think he can quite get to 2000 but if he were to get to 2000 yards similar to adrian peterson mm-hmm. who was the last running back to win mvp in 2012. It's just difficult. I think he can get into the conversation in terms of actually winning the award. I think you kind of have to win your division, which seems unlikely for the Indianapolis Colts, given that they got swept by the Titans, so they're losing that tiebreaker, and the the Titans at least have a softer schedule after a couple weeks to end the season. I don't know if you can give it to a guy that doesn't win his division.
0: That's the hurdle in addition to being a running back. That's a huge hurdle, and that's why I focused on narratives. Like, Mm-hmm. what's going to sway a voter? And to me, it's narrative. It's, it's the story. Uh, you know, Tom Brady, like, how do you beat that one? I mean, that's why he's that's, a that's favorite, the story. right? That's yep. the story. And then, so if there's anybody on the board that has a chance to, from a momentum standpoint, uh, to me, it would be Taylor. What do you think about Patrick Mahomes? So at BetMGM,
1: mm-hmm. he's 14-1. to 1. DraftKings has him at 10-1. to 1. So if you want Mahomes, obviously, you know where to go if you know how to count. Uh, the Chiefs right now, they lead the AFC West. Right looks like they're going to win the division barring some sort of epic collapse with three games left do you think that if they were to win the number one seed get the number one seed have home field advantage if Mahomes keeps putting up numbers down the stretch they have a game at Cincinnati they have a game at Denver if he puts up crazy numbers in those games do you think that Mahomes can re-enter this discussion
0: he he would uh he would I don't know I don't I don't know what to what level, though. He's got 4,000 yards. Uh, he's got you know, 30 touchdown passes. He's got 13 interceptions. Now, Tom Brady has 10 interceptions. Um, So he's not that far behind in terms of stats. If you want to compare those, I I don't know about the story, though, or the narrative. You know, it's not there. It's not there because the Chiefs collectively have improved. And a lot of onus has been on the defense and the fact that the defense has improved.
1: Yeah, no, MVP discussion is going to be very fascinating over these next three weeks. Tom Brady looks like the leader in the clubhouse, but maybe someone else gets a little bit of momentum as we head toward the stretch run. That does it for hour number one to start hour two on the other side. What's trending? Key trends with today's games in the NFL.